0: Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we will be finding out about the Arch Cape Forest and their plan to permanently protect Arch Cape's drinking water from the headwaters to the tap. Today in the studio, I have Mary Olson. Mary is the Outreach Coordinator for the Arch Cape Forest. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Very happy to have you in the studio today. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you driving up because you're living in and around Arch Cape, correct? No. I Uh-oh. actually live uh, out toward Napa. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you have a drive then. Yes. Okay. But you also are doing a lot of your work from home, so we'll find out a little bit more about that. But first, let's find out
1: more about Mary Olson. Please tell us about yourself. Well, I've been living here on the coast for almost 10 years now. Um, I have a degree in forestry from the University of Idaho and i've lived and worked all around the northwest from idaho to montana to washington before i ended up here at the coast did
0: you have a favorite state so wait you were born and raised in spokane right correct okay and so you're a northwestern pacific northwest girl mm-hmm. and you also um though traveled to montana and all that so when when you were traveling around these these western states um how did you how did you compare them to your to your state, to the state of Washington or Oregon?
1: Every place has got its own uniqueness and its own beauty, and uh, I'm just a fan of all of the Northwest, really. It would be hard to pick a place. Um, I did enjoy Montana, but there are a lot of bears there.
0: <laughs> okay. And Well, you were working, though, in the forest. Now, why did you decide to study
1: forestry? And um, there are more women studying forestry these days. I, I enjoy being in the outdoors. That was my main interest in it. And once I started learning more about forestry and tree growth and things like that, I was just really hooked.
0: And so did you work for agencies? Did you work for private forest timber companies? How did, how did that go?
1: Well, uh, I, I had internships in um, college. I worked for the U.S. Forest Service. I've worked for uh, many different private timber companies. And I've also worked for Washington Department of Natural Resources.
0: And um, so you have a unique perspective because you've spent a lot of time in forests. Did you read, and I cannot remember his name now, I think he's German, he wrote The Hidden Life of Trees, I think it is, about forests in Germany. Right. Did you read that book?
1: I have it. Yes. It's on my list. I work so much I don't have much time to read. Right, (laughs) right,
0: exactly. Um, Well, anyway, about how trees communicate with one another in a healthy forest. And, of course, we know that having healthy forests is, is essential for So many, many reasons, which we'll be talking about. But um, So you are now the outreach coordinator for the Arch Cape Forest and also working with the Arch Cape um, Domestic Water Supply District. Correct. So for listeners who aren't even familiar with, like, well, what is Arch Cape? It's a name, and you think about it. It's a beautiful place on the Oregon coast. It's between Cannon Beach and Manzanita. So what is Arch Cape?
1: Arch Cape is a beach community. It's unincorporated. Um, there are many full time residents, but there are also a lot of vacation rental homes there as well. And if people aren't sure, Arch Cape is located between Cannon Beach and Manzanita. And Arch Cape um,
0: has an opportunity now, which was identified by the Water uh, Board, Water District Board, correct? Right. So, how, so how did that happen?
1: Well, the property went up for sale um, from the longtime former landowner, and uh, there was an opportunity there for the current forest landowner, which is Ecotrust Forest Management, um, to purchase that property and basically kind of hold it for us while we could come up with funding to purchase the forest. So that that's, it's protecting it from Harvest and protecting it from being sold for development. So, okay, so there are twenty one hundred acres, um, and I love,
0: I, I like your website. So, the website is um, archcapeforest dot org, and um, and I and I, this language is poetic, but I think it's important, and it, and it talks about why you all exist. So. Um, All of the water consumed in Arch Cape arrives first as rain falling on fir, hemlock, and cedar trees in the upper reaches of the watershed, as it ultimately tumbles its way down Shark and Asbury Creeks to be used as a community drinking water supply. The headlands rise up to nearly 3,000 feet in the two miles between the Pacific Ocean and Onion Peak. A healthy forest with diverse streamside vegetation is vital to holding soil in place, preventing erosion, and improving water quality downstream. So... The Arch Cape Community Forest concept, it grew out of um, the North Coast Land Conservancy's Rainforest Reserve campaign. Can you tell us about that?
1: Right. So the other part of this project, we have many partners in this project, one of which is Sustainable Northwest. They're the experienced partner. They, they do this for other communities in the Northwest. So they're guiding us, and um, they have the financial experience. Our other partner is the North Coast Land Conservancy. They're seeking to acquire the upper portion of the watershed and Onion Peak as part of the Rainforest Reserve initiative. Um, Especially the upper portions uh, contain many unique plant communities as well as rare and endemic insect species. So um, together with North Coast Land Conservancy's Rainforest Reserve Reserve and the Arch Cape Forest, we're working on two projects and one vision, which is watershed protection
0: and um, as we talked about before we came into the studio, we're a little behind the curve. There are other cities and towns and communities
1: who are already doing this. So let's talk a little bit about that. Right. Um, there are many communities around the Northwest, especially in Washington. But the the model of um, a community forest and watershed protection and these cities or communities owning their watershed is... It's been practiced around the country for many years. And so we're a little behind here in the Northwest. And uh, there are some local cities around here that own their watersheds, like the city of Astoria. But there are also some that don't. So um, when you can have control over your own watershed and the activities that occur up there, I think is the best protection for water.
0: Well, and because now there's so much more pressure. There's pressure for um, not to be... um you know, for recreation, there's pressure for development, there's pressure for um, to cut more timber. Right. And so that's a trend. And so you all have joined together to say, let's acquire this 2,100 acre parcel working with the North Coast Land Conservancy um, for a variety of reasons clearly. And um, so how are you doing that and what is your plan?
1: Well, We have applied for a forest legacy grant through the U.S. Forest Service. Um, The grant is something that we're really proud of. A lot of work and time has gone into it. Um, The ask is $5.6 million. Oh, my gosh. So to
0: write a grant, I mean, people think, I'm going to write a grant for $5,000 or $20,000. To write a grant of that scope, did you write that grant? No, I did not.
1: Who, do, who I mean, how many people did it take to write a grant like that? Several are partners at Sustainable Northwest as well as the Arch Cape Domestic Water Supply District. Wow.
0: Okay, so you, you wrote a grant for $5.6 million, Six million dollars to the Forest Legacy Project. Correct. And that's because that's key. And you're going to find out about that soon. Anytime now. And that's kind of, that's
1: the linchpin. That's what's so important. Right. Once we, we can secure that funding, it'll give us the momentum and the finances to pursue other grants um, to get the rest of the funds needed to purchase the property. So um, seeking lots of different avenues for that. And
0: so most people, how, are, how is the community being supportive of this project? I mean, are they saying, oh, our water bills might go up? Are they saying, whoa, yes, this is an opportunity. We can now protect our watershed and own this forest property and manage it because you have a vision to continue to manage it.
1: Correct. The plan is for it to be a working community forest.
0: And you have other examples of that?
1: Yes, throughout the Northwest. Right. And actually there's a link on the website um, to the Northwest Community Forest Handbook where people can l- learn more about the model of community forests. And um, so what, in your
0: position, what are you primarily doing? You're primarily trying to raise awareness about this
1: opportunity. Right. Increase awareness and support for the project and to get people involved. So how would you like people to be involved? One way they could be involved is to come to the water supply district board meetings, which are the third Friday of each month at 6 p.m. There they can get up-to-date information. Um, they can regularly check the website for up-to-date information, upcoming events. They can follow us on Facebook at Arch Cape Forest and uh, come on the tours.
0: So that's the next thing we were going to talk about is that um, right now you all are trying to let people all along the North Oregon coast know about, this opportunity for Arch Cape to protect its watershed and and again have a community forest, which is healthy and good for for everyone, because all of us who live on the coast um, have a stake in this. Right. And um, so, what you're looking at is you know public access and use of the forest and local and community driven decision making authority. That's what you really want. And. You want revenues associated with land management to directly support your local community priorities and permanent protection of conservation values. So you are offering an opportunity
1: for the public to go out on a couple of tours, so let's talk about those. This Saturday, May 18th, we have a tour scheduled. We'll be meeting at the Arch Cape Fire Station located at 79729 Highway 101 in Arch Cape. Um, We'll have a brief overview of the tour and then we'll depart for the forest. We will be driving, so this is an opportunity that people don't get as there are gated roads there, and it's currently open, open for a walk-in or bicycle recreation. So this is an opportunity for people to get out there, see the views that they haven't seen before, and see what's so special and unique about this project. The tour should be approximately two hours, and we'll return to the fire station. But we do need people to RSVP as there's limited space on the tour and only a few spots left because we've gotten a lot of support for this.
0: Oh, that's great. Okay, so if you're interested on going on the Arch Cape Forest tour, um, Saturday, May 18th at 11 a.m., um, meeting at the Arch Cape Fire Station, um, or one on Saturday, June 22nd, um, you need to reach out to the Arch Cape Forest, um, and you can do that by sending an email to Forest at gmail, right? Yep, at gmail.com. And um, so that's the best way for people to
1: RSVP. Right. Okay. And how many folks are you hoping to get on these tours? Right now I have 14 that are signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got room for probably a few more. Um, so that's that's probably about our limit would be 15 to 20 with okay. the vehicles that we have. Right. Exactly. And so
0: wh- when you're in that 2,100-acre forest, um What are you experiencing there? What are you seeing, and what are you hoping that people will realize?
1: Well, part of the tour will be just getting people out there to see it and experience it for themselves. We'll be talking about uh, projects that have been done up there, such as our Scotch Broom Control that we did last month with volunteers from the community, Um, upcoming projects that are planned for the watershed, and um, just the project in general, and it's a great chance for people to ask questions. And so source water protection is kind of a big deal now.
0: I mean, people are really realizing that, you know, there can, we can, our watersheds are really um, crucial. And so how do we protect them? So um, in your experience, is is there more of a movement toward people acquiring and wanting to protect their own water sources? Because in
1: the past, I think it wasn't such a an important issue. Right. Well, The benefit to owning the watershed is being able to control the activities up there, such as herbicide use or recreation and logging activities. Um, So if we are successful in acquiring the property, then the Water District Board will have a say in what happens up there.
0: Right. Well, it's pretty interesting that they realized this opportunity was coming up, that this land was going to be sold, and that this was the this was their moment to try to really, um, you know, get the community behind them, to hire you part-time, because you also
1: work for... Clatsop Soil and Water Conservation District. And what do you do with them? I'm a technician. I work on uh, conservation projects, uh, one that I've been working on for a while now that was just funded. It's a riparian planting project to... Increase the conifer along the Nehalem River.
0: Oh, so how do you? How does it work for you as a um, an educated f- with forester? You have a degree in forest management, right? And now and
1: conservation. So how is that coming together? It's it's interesting and it's been fun. It, it's it's uh, I would say as I've gotten older and more experienced, maybe I've become more conservation minded. Um. I support responsible forest management and logging, but at the same time, um, so many of our streams out there are in need of help because of past management practices. So anything that we can do to protect that, improve it, is going to benefit fish, wildlife, insects, and people.
0: And I think a lot of it is just we didn't know better. We just didn't. We we right. did some things we ha- that we just we didn't realize the ramifications of our actions, you know. And now that we know better, we can do better. Right. So um, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. And today I'm talking to Mary Olson. Mary is the Outreach Coordinator for Arch Cape Forest. And Arch Cape Forest is a... Um, You're an organization working with the North Coast Land Conservancy and Sustainable Northwest and the Arch Cape Sanitary District and the Arch Cape Domestic Water Supply District to protect 2,100 acres, um, which has the Arch Cape uh, water, uh, drinking water, watershed. And we talked about that. How many people are in Arch Cape? And you said there are? Well, there are almost 300 um, water line hookups. So see, isn't that interesting? That That's how she thinks about it. How many people are in Arch Cape? Well, there are uh, 300 and uh, almost 300 uh, water hookups there.
1: Well, there are, there are several residents that live there year round. Yes. There are also many vacation rental homes. So the population fluctuates greatly depending on the season. This summer, there will be a lot of people there. And there will be a lot of people coming and going. But I would say in the winter months, the population is fairly low. Mm -hmm.
0: However, again, protecting the forest benefits everyone. Um, And the Oregon Coast Visitors Association, um, which is responsible for um, promoting tourism along the entire 363 miles of the Oregon coast, is also really looking at weight we need to be able to manage this because there's so much you've seen a great increase yourself just in the in the years you've been living here correct oh yeah you can
1: see it if you ever get on the highways on a friday afternoon
0: Yes, indeed. And so certainly even our local chamber, I mean, and and all of these organizations that are involved in tourism are saying, you know, we need to look at bringing people here October through April, um, take the pressure off of those summer months where we have such, you know, we don't have the infrastructure
1: to support all of this. Right. And the summer months is when there's less water in the streams as well, especially the last few summers we've had um, that have been very dry and, and drought-like conditions. Yes. So,
0: what it, when you were in forestry school um, and you graduated, you had uh, this information about okay, here's what a forest is like, in here it's it's a complex issue, obviously. And then you got out on the ground. How were things different? What did you learn from your experience of being in the forest that was different, perhaps, from you know the book knowledge that you learn in 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 at university?
1: I would say the most important thing I learned is that you can't learn everything from sitting in an office looking at inventory data, looking at photos and maps. The best thing to do is just get out there on the ground. So when you were in Montana, you
0: clearly had some incidents with bears because you said there are a lot of bears in the forest there. So how did you handle that? And when you went into the forest, were you there on your own, as a woman on your own, as a forester, or were you there in the company of other people?
1: I worked both alone and in groups, but primarily I worked by myself, um, I carried bear spray, and depending on who I worked for, I was also allowed to carry um, a firearm. Did you have to use it? I fired it to scare away a moose one time, but it didn't work.
0: <laughs> well, then what <laughs> happened?
1: The moose stood there and looked at me and eventually got bored and walked away.
0: <laughs> okay, so that's that. Um Tell us about this particular forest. You said there are certain kinds of soils. Um this is the the again the Arch Cape Forest, which what a wonderful thing to have it be owned by the community. Um what what, what is it like for people who may not be able to go on the tour?
1: It it's a mix of young stands, old stands, medium age stands, um primarily some- fir, hemlock. Cedar? There's a really good mix of species up there, actually, which you don't always see in some of these um, commercially managed um, forests around here. There's a great mix of spruce. There's a lot of cedar, and there's also hemlock and Douglas fir. And so,
0: but you were talking about how the soil is different there.
1: It is. um, It's sedimentary soil. Um, It can be very shallow in places, and it's over a layer of basalt that used to be, at one time, uh, lava flows, and uh, that was the Columbia River. That was the Columbia River. Right. Way, way, way back. Eons. Eons ago. Yes. It was a riverbed, and lava flowed down it, and it built up to make those tall peaks.
0: And most people haven't had the opportunity to be up there because it is restricted, because it's it's gated,
1: as you said. Right. So just open for non-motorized access. So the tour is a great way to get out there, um, especially if, for folks that maybe can't hike that far in there. We're going to go up high, and people are going to see some incredible views. Um, and
0: when the uh, water district first identified this, did they say, wow, this is just too big and we're too tiny? Or did they just say well, no, this is an idea whose time has come. There are other people who are doing this successfully. We can do this.
1: Right. Um, I think what was really important is getting partners involved that have maybe have more experience doing this than they do. Um, so the great partnerships have really added a lot of strength to the project. And as we like to say, two projects, one vision. And so protecting this land with with the Rainforest Reserve and being adjacent to Um, Oswald West State Park and the Cape Falcon Marine Reserve is going to protect a huge amount of land from development and uh, commercial timber harvest. And there is so much more pressure. Have you seen that in your career? I mean, how have you um, experienced that yourself over the years? I would say the trend that I've seen in the time that I've lived here is uh, the biggest threat is development. Home, private homes, uh private vacation homes, rentals, vacation rentals. Yeah. Um you know, if you harvest a forest, you can replant trees there, but if you harvest it and build houses, it's never going to be a forest again. And again, I think people are are beginning to
0: realize more and more the value of forest beyond not only the the poetic beauty and, you know, of of this place, these places that now there are, you know, we have to, uh, to protect because there is so much more pressure. Um, But our
1: air, we need clean air and forests are part of that. Right. Um, Those trees out there produce so much oxygen and take in so much carbon, Um, provides excellent habitat for all kinds of birds, wildlife, insects, and amphibians. And like I said, if it's developed, you won't have that. It doesn't provide the same uh, values.
0: Right. Well, once something – you're right. Once something is, is developed, then it is no longer what it ever was and cannot be again. Right. Um, whereas if it's a forest and you there is some harvesting, then you can replant. Still, the old growth, I mean, the, you know, that's that's something that you can't replace, clearly, but – Um, but do you have a favorite forest or a favorite spot in that forest?
1: I like to get up high where you can look down and see the ocean. It's just an incredible, amazing experience. Um, The whole forest, though, is unique and really beautiful, so the only way to see it is to come out on the tour and really experience it for yourself. And
0: so you have been talking to communities and citizens and and people who are impacted
1: by this, and it sounds like mostly people are supportive of this. Right, I think that people see the need to protect this, and this is uh you know basically a once in a lifetime opportunity we've got here. And the only concerns might be that oh you know it might raise our water bills a little bit, right? That is a concern we've heard, but we're trying to raise the funds to purchase the property so that we won't have
0: to do that right and you would still also receive some income from some management practices that you would be doing so
1: yeah most likely um that
0: that could be a possibility right so um there's a bike trail that's being do you know about the bike trail that's being um developed down near um seaside yeah right um and Again, I think we're looking at forests very differently maybe than we have in the past. Um I think also people are concerned about herbicides and the spraying. So have you had much um experience with dealing with that?
1: I think some some people have concerns about that. The the main thing here is that the the forest will be managed with clean drinking water in mind. So that's the number 1 priority. Yes, I mean, because you're so vulnerable if your drinking water is I mean is not potable. I mean you have to have clean drinking water right and and sediment causes increased costs at the water treatment plants. so um were you focused on practices that reduce sediment entering the streams and are there um are there fish in the streams there there is.
0: there are native cutthroat trout. and the wildlife would be, as you
1: said, I mean, birds, insects amphibians, frogs there's a great variety of different songbirds up there and that's the nice thing about uh, the Arch Cape Forest has a range of different ages of tree stands so songbirds prefer mostly the open younger stands that's where you're going to see those but all of the age classes provide unique habitat to the different animals and wildlife that live out there Right. So um,
0: we just have a few minutes left. So what are the most important things you'd like folks to know about the Arch Cape Forest? First of all, your website is excellent, and that's archcapeforest.org. And people can email you if they want to go on the tours, and you need people to let you know right away about the Saturday, May 18th tour and the Saturday, June 22nd tour.
1: Yes, because we're running out of spots, and um, we have to arrange transportation. So... If anyone's interested, they can email me at archcapeforest at gmail.com to sign up for the tour. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook to get up-to-date information about events that are happening. And that's just Archcape Forest when you're on Facebook? Okay. Right. All right. Um,
0: and other things that you would like the listening audience to know?
1: Just uh, check out the website. Email if you have questions. You can come to the Water District Board meetings. um, If you'd like to make a donation, a donation could be made to North Coast Land Conservancy, who will earmark those funds for the Arch Cape Forest project.
0: They're doing amazing work, North Coast Land Conservancy. They are. And you can also
1: check out their website, which is nclctrust.org, to learn more about some of their projects that they're working on.
0: It's all connected. I mean, as we protect this, I mean, again, this whole North Coast, I mean, what we look at when we think about the Oregon Coast Visitors Association, we look at, okay, there are three parts of the coast. There's the North Coast, uh, which is down to Pacific City. There's the Central Coast, and then there's the South Coast. And they're all very different. And the South Coast, of course, has um, less infrastructure for tourism. They have a lot more of the rugged nature um, still. Um, they're, they're developing some things. But the North Coast is the most heavily developed. And so when there's an opportunity to save a forest and
1: a watershed, I mean, what an opportunity. Right. And people just need to think about how important is clean drinking water to me. That's what's driving this project. Well, it's that life. And reducing the treatment costs at the water treatment plant, right?
0: So, so there is no since it's an unincorporated. Arch Cape is unincorporated; it's an unincorporated community. Then the the Arch Cape Domestic Water Supply District has a board, and those are the folks who are really spearheading this project, right? And so, how many of those are, of them are on that board? How many folks are on the board? Five, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Five people making a big difference with that. So let's let's hold a positive thought that you're going to get that grant, right? And then then it's just going to be um, a short period of time because you've been working on this for about a year and a half right now, mm-hmm. correct? And so once you get this grant, then you'll just do the rest
1: of the fundraising that you need. Right. And if if it happens that we don't get the grant we're going to try again next year for the next funding cycle. So it's it's not going to be a lost opportunity. We'll we'll keep trying. Good.
0: And the organization that owns this land at this moment is willing to try to work
1: with you. Right. They're giving us a few years to come up with the funds to purchase the property.
0: That's really wonderful. That's exciting actually that they're not saying, "Nope, if you don't have it by this time" because most timber companies are looking at um, you know, profits for their stockholders. Right. They're shareholders. They've been good partners in the project. Yeah, that's great. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, Anything else that we should mention to people about
1: um, Arch Cape Forest? Just come on the tour. That's the best way to see it and experience it, and it's your opportunity to ask questions. If you can't make the tour this Saturday, we'll have another tour on Saturday. June 22nd. Time hasn't been decided yet, but it'll likely be at 11 a.m. again. Right, exactly.
0: And again, because you have this wonderful partnership with the North Coast Land Conservancy, and if people aren't aware of the North Coast Land Conservancy, it is this region's land trust, which is dedicated to preserving habitat, conserving land, and engaging people with nature. Um, and they purchase land, they work on conservation easement acquisition and monitoring, they do education and outreach. And so fortunately, with the help of North Coast Land Conservancy,
1: um, we're just going to think that this is a positive thing and it's going to happen. Right. And if, if we can purchase the Arch Cape Forest and they can purchase the Rainforest Reserve, that'll be a huge block of land that'll be protected and conserved and managed responsibly.
0: And now is the time to do that because we, those of us who travel to Portland and Seattle and other places, um, even smaller cities, see that there is huge, huge growth and development. And we have to be very wise. We are very blessed and fortunate here on the coast um, with our incredible natural resources and wonders. And we must protect them and our clean drinking water. Right. Right. So thank you so much for being here today, Mary. Thank you for Appreciate having me. It. Good luck on your work, and I'm excited to hear what happens. I'm just going to hold really good thoughts about it. All of us will. <laughs> um, thank you again, uh, Dylan houser for being here and being the engineer this morning. And my gratitude always to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruhn for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, find a moment for yourself today. In fact, right now. Let's just all take a deep breath. It is so good for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be those things that don't go well. Focus on the things that are with gratitude, though, and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you. You are the only one. You see life through your lens, and that's valuable and important. And then recognize that you're doing the best you can, for being here right now in this moment on the amazing planet we call Earth.